Amen. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate that much. Deuteronomy chapter 31, if you'll grab the Bible, your Bible there with you. If you don't have one, there's one in the back of the pew. Deuteronomy chapter 31. And so uh, this evening's message uh, is kind of a follow-up. It's, it's separate in its own entity from last week, but it's kind of a follow-up to last week, the idea of um, not giving up while giving up, or what to give up while not giving up. And so uh, as we looked at last week, this kind of follows on its heels would be a good way to explain it. So we'll next Sunday evening's message too, and, and and uh, we'll get to the title here in just a moment. We're going to start in Deuteronomy chapter 31. In fact, we'll just look at a couple passages, and they'll just kind of be our springboard passages for the entire message. Not a long message tonight, but I trust it'll be one that's encouraging to you. I, that's my heart, and as I've been praying about and preparing tonight, I, oh goodness, I, I just want you to sit back and be encouraged tonight. Uh, I don't know what you're facing, what you're going through. I certainly know several things we all have in common, but uh, I just want you to be encouraged tonight. I, I want the Lord to uplift and encourage your spirit I think that's always helpful, too, after many have put in so much work for a Christmas cantata or Christmas program, things like that. And so I trust tonight that will be an encouragement to you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse number 8, a simple verse. We've seen it before, but uh, so great, um, so encouraging. Look at it, verse number 8. And the Lord, he it is, that doth go before thee. You know one of the things, neat, unique things about Scripture and the promises we have? Uh, do you realize that we have promises of Scripture that says God was before us, He's right here with us, and he also goes before us. I love that picture. And he, he is paving the way. He's right here to hold us, comfort us in the middle of it. And you know what? He's always been around. <laughs> he's been in the past. He's handled it all. He's seen it all and so forth. And those are great encouragement. This one feels, uh, fits right in there. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. We've had several funerals of recent, and, and I love Psalm 23. It certainly is a greatly encouraging psalm, and I love verse number 3 of Psalm chapter 23. And uh, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. So as we go throughout this message, I want you to remember these two verses. As I said, there are springboard passages, really the only ones that we'll consider tonight in the sense of uh, principles or truths or promises. But these are two great promises for you and I. We've all heard it. The saying that we throw around there that reminds us that the final curtain hasn't fallen, that the last whistle hasn't sounded, that the finish line hasn't been crossed, that the conclusion hasn't been written. And that statement is the title of our message tonight. It ain't over till the fat lady sings. So all apologies to English teachers and horizontally challenged women, okay? So I share your pain. But anyway, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. Why in the world do we have such a statement? Why in the world do we have that? And may I say, boy, it's frequently used, isn't it? A lot of people throw it around, and you'll hear that said often enough, and in, in variation one or another, and so forth. The opera ain't over till the fat lady sings, and so forth. Certainly where it derives from. Why do we have that? Why do we use that? Here's a simple reason. Don't miss it. The reality is such a phrase is necessary because it's easy to jump to conclusions. It is easy to jump to conclusions, uh, to, to hop on something. I mean, isn't it? Some of you are already there. Some of you have said, oh, this sermon isn't for me. After that title, no way. It's, uh, I'm not going to get anything out. That's jumping to the conclusions. We do it all the time. Uh, we make uh, assumptions. We make uh, this a jumping to conclusions. Sometimes they are fueled, don't miss it, by assumptions. 
Sometimes they are fueled by our negativity, our pessimism. And sometimes they are fueled simply by wrong thinking. I'll just be honest and human with you tonight. I think we're all guilty of it at times. Jumping to conclusions. We jump to conclusions about people. We jump to conclusions about circumstances. We jump to conclusions about trials. We jump to conclusions about the future. And, and boy, we might be in a, uh, maybe we're tired. Maybe we're in a bad mood. Maybe we just got some bad information. And boy, we jump to conclusions. And I'm fearful we all do it. And the fact is, often it leads to discouragement and despair in the lives of Christians. We jump to conclusions. Now, I could pick on a, an array of different people and uh, give examples, and I could use myself certainly in this, but I'd rather pick on my dad. Uh, when I was in college, and, and certainly after we got, uh, got married, Eric and I, sometimes we go back and visit. So there were different times as we had lived in the area for just a short time. We'd go back home, and there would be an Indianapolis Colts football game on. Okay, and I'm a Colts fan. I love cheering them and so forth. And uh, sometimes if it was on, the family would be able to watch together and so forth. And I'll tell you, sometimes the Colts weren't playing as well as they could have. The Colts weren't playing very, very well. Maybe Peyton Manning had thrown an interception. Back then he played for the Colts. And uh, maybe he'd thrown an interception in the first quarter and things weren't going well. And I, I, every single time, true to form, my father would make a comment. He would announce this, first quarter, these, the Colts are going to lose this game. They're, they're going to lose this game. They're terrible. They couldn't beat anybody. They, could, they, couldn't get themselves out of, they couldn't get themselves out of a wet paper sack. First quarter, I mean, not, I'm telling you, he would say it, and boy, the Colts were the worst team you've ever watched. And that was his comment first quarter on. And, and we got to the point, like, you'd make, like to make a wager on that? You like to see what happens? Because sometimes he'd have to eat crow. Sometimes, and I, as soon as something bad would happen with the Colts, and I, I see, I told you, nothing, they stink. They're terrible. <laughs> I think sometimes he said it just to get on my brother and I, kind of get, get under our skin because we were cheering the Colts. You ever jump to conclusions? See, it's really easy for us to jump to conclusions. It's really easy for us to have assumptions or think negatively or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe get on some bad thinking, some wrong thinking, and jump to conclusions as a result. In the world, there are people who make a living studying trends in business and economics to produce proposed future results. Forecasts of what is going to happen. Hey, we are all probably truly sick and tired of pollsters now, aren't we? People taking polls. People sharing polls one way or the other. A sample. I, I always find it humorous. They sample 3% of the country and use it as a basis for determining what the entire nation thinks. What the entire nation is going to do in an election. What, what the trends in our culture are. What the nation thinks about a certain thing. And from these minuscule samplings... They produce vast and stunning stats. People take them as guaranteed predictors of the future. And here's the problem. As a result, worry often increases in the hearts of people. Worry. We read where someone else jumps to a conclusion. Oh, no, is that really going to happen? Is that? And boy, we start to get on that unfortunate bandwagon. We are told what is going to happen in the months ahead and the years ahead if trends don't change. Sometimes it is downright discouraging, or at the very least, uh, it is scary. Now, it is good at times to remember and be reminded that so very often (laughs) these folks are wrong. They come out with egg on their face. 
In fact, I would put it this way, it often, uh, it would seem that often, um, hang on a second, let me back up here, there it is, it would seem that often the incredible happens. Not what they think, not what they predict, not what they propose, but the incredible happens. Or just the opposite, especially when God's involved. I think historically about here in America, and I, I just think over the last uh, several decades, you know what? Got news flash for you. The communists didn't take over America in 1980. The Cubans didn't launch their missiles and initiate nuclear war. Muhammad Ali could be beaten. Y2K didn't paralyze America's power grid and shut down computers for months. North Korea and China haven't started World War III. The Taliban didn't sweep across the Middle East, let alone Africa and Europe. And we didn't actually ever run out of toilet paper as a nation. Surprise. The last one I'm especially grateful for. Hey, we could go on and on. But history tells us, now wait a second, all those things that are predicted and everything that, everybody says, oh, this is going to happen. You can mark it down. You're guaranteed. We often find out that instead of that, the incredible happens. Or just the opposite. You see, it's, it's somewhat humorous. Because history is full of examples of many jumping to conclusions. And not just any conclusions. We've been told that these conclusions are inevitable. That these conclusions are obvious. And yet the fact is, what we have come to see is that God threw a curveball in how things played out. I remind you, our God is so very good at throwing curveballs, isn't he? Our God is good at kind of changing things up. You say, why do we describe it in that way, that, that God does that? Well, to use the baseball analogy, and certainly someone else could explain it far better than I, but to use the ba- baseball analogy, when a pitcher throws a curveball, the batter sees the ball coming, and he's expecting it, and he can see on the trajectory of that ball where it's supposed to go. And, and boy, the, he identifies it. He says this is the obvious location when it crosses the plate, and he gets his bat ready, and he begins to swing in the anticipated, projected, proposed spot where that ball will cross the plate. Only to unfortunately realize as he's swinging his bat that that ball begins as it reaches the plate to tell off. To move in a completely different direction where it was supposed to go. The obvious place that it was supposed to end up. And it goes across the plate and the thing uh, where he is helplessly whiffing in that one spot that he swung. On a curveball. If you've ever watched a Major League Baseball pitcher throw a curveball and that poor batter swings and that ball goes whoop. (laughs) Boy, isn't God sometimes good at throwing curveballs? In life, in your life, in my life, in history, boy, we've seen it time and time again. That obvious place where that should happen or this obvious inevitable ending that should have come to place, it didn't. It didn't happen. You see, as God often throws that curveball, and here's what's interesting, okay? There have been times that I've rooted for a baseball team, especially in the World Series or something like that. And, And boy, when your pitcher throws the curveball, Man, when you're the home team and that pitcher's on your team, and boy, he deceives somebody and someone is fooled by it and it ends up in a different place, I mean, that just excites you and encourages you, makes you happy. And I just also say this in life God has so often thrown a curveball in the playing out of life, which encourages us. 
So we saw, we say, oh, that was the obvious. It's going to happen that way. Boy, I I don't see any other way how that's going to happen. And man, aren't you thankful that God stepped in and he threw a curveball? And boy, maybe at the last minute, maybe a few days, a few months before you thought that this was going to happen, boy, things changed completely. God threw a curveball. Man, I remind you, it ain't over till the fat lady sings history the bible our own personal experience speak to this reality a young man was passed from a hole in the ground to a cage in a traveling caravan to the slave quarters of a wealthy man to the darkest dungeon of egypt only to be raised to the second in command of that nation when it was the greatest nation in all the known world his name was joseph and i want to tell you tonight that wasn't obvious That wasn't the expected end. May I just tell you who's stepping back and saying, wow, that's a pretty good curveball, God. Don't you think Joseph's brothers are saying that? That's not what we expected to happen. That was not the intended purpose. We didn't expect it to play out like that. And then they're standing before Joseph, and their lives are in his hands. Now, I'd say that's a pretty good curveball, wouldn't you? A father faithfully ties the knot of the rope, securing his only son, the son of promise, to the altar that is to hold a sacrifice unto Almighty God. As he begins to follow through with it, a voice from heaven speaks, a substitute lamb is provided, and the father and son return home with a greater promise of blessing than they could have ever imagined. Now, I know Abraham had faith, but I'll tell you, my friend, I don't think as he was climbing that mountain, he could have ever seen all that play out. That wasn't the obvious. Skinny, unknown teenager, fresh from the company of smelly sheep, picks up a simple sling, some common stones, and he whips a giant over nine feet tall. Of all those gathered on both sides of that valley, not one person would have predicted that. It's a curveball. The cries of fear and despair sounded throughout the entire assembly. One of the greatest armies on earth was descending upon them with blood in their eyes, knowing that their prey had no possible way of escape. The situation looked overwhelmingly bleak. But nature would be turned on its head as gravity was reversed and a sea opened up. And allowed the Hebrew assembly to walk across on dry land. While the same sea devours the entire pursuing Egyptian army. Can I just tell you, listen to me. The inevitable didn't happen. Friends, you hear me? The inevitable didn't happen. If you and I were watching that, we'd be saying, oh boy, they're goners. They're goners, like shooting fish in a barrel. Those that Egyptian army, boy, they had them dead to rights. They are goners. Woo, didn't see that happening. Sea opening up and them ushering across on dry land and the entire Egyptian army washed away. And, and what about that greatly intimidating, <laughs> indestructible wall around Jericho? Who would have thought that a people who simply walked around it for several days, would in turn walk right into the city over the crumbled rumble or the crumbled residual ruin of that wall. Who would ever thought that? 
That's not the obvious ending. That's not, well, in fact, boy, many of us are like, how in the world are we going to get in there? How is this going to happen? This, this, is, this is never going to be accomplished. We're never going to Wait a second. My friend, our God is so good at throwing curveballs. When we think the obvious is going to take place, <laughs> then there's a group of uneducated, incompatible, run-of-the-mill men from all different walks of life coming to make up a group of disciples that, what does the Bible say? Turn the world upside down. Oh, no doubt there was many a religious leader in Christ's day who looked at that band, (laughs) fishermen, a tax collector, rejected men, those uneducated. Man, they'll never amount to anything. Isn't it amazing how our God can throw a curveball? How he can change things? And you can be assured in every single one of these stories, from Joseph down right, right down to those disciples, there was someone standing close by and saying something to the effect of, oh yeah, the fat lady's about to sing. It's all over. And maybe tonight, there are some circumstances in your life, whether you're an adult or maybe you're a teenager or a young person, there's some circumstances in your life right now that that have you backed into a corner. Maybe the never-ending curse of COVID-19 has you greatly discouraged and in despair as you think it will never end, or worse, it will be the end of you. Maybe the recent election and the seeming failure of our republic to have a true and honest democratic election has you tempted to throw in the towel, having no hope. Maybe it's a financial hardship this evening that threatens to ruin you. Maybe it's a health news that has seemingly stolen nearly all your hope of any future here on earth. Maybe, now listen, maybe it is just life as a whole that feels overwhelming. Maybe your life seems unsustainable in the face of it. Maybe it looks almost hopeless. It it seems pretty well finished it is apparently over for you but think on what i just said for a moment think about that it feels it seems it looks almost it is pretty well it is apparently may i just remind you the fat lady hasn't sung it's not over Your circumstances and what you're going through, it's not over. Joseph in the caravan being carried away to Egypt, it's not over. Joseph in Potiphar's house, it's not over. Joseph in the dungeon, it's not over. Isaac being carried up and laid on an altar, it's not over, Isaac. It's not over. I just encourage you, you and I have an enemy. Boy, There's one thing the devil wants you and I to do. It's to jump to the wrong conclusions. The worst and the wrong conclusions. About your circumstances, about 2021, and uh, about everything we face, this financial thing and this health thing. He wants, devil wants us to jump to the worst and the wrong conclusion. He loves to hear Christians sigh with discouragement. He loves to see Christians resign themselves to defeat and failure, and to succumb to all the feelings that accompany defeat and failure. That's what he loves. Uh, Put it this way, he he delights 
in seeing us in maximum resentment and minimum faith. Maximum resentment. I just can't believe I'm going, this is terrible. Maximum resentment and minimum faith. He wants you to think and know that this is obviously over. It's going to end as bad as it could ever. The care conclusion is unavoidable. It's inescapable. It's inevitable. And it's fairly obvious. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Since when has the fairly obvious ever caused the curtain to fall and the fat lady to sing? See, last time I read my Bible and throughout my own personal life experiences, I have found only one thing to be reliable and true when it comes to the unknown future, and it is simply this. When our God is involved, anything can happen. When our God is involved, anything can happen. Yeah, a scrawny little teenager take down a nearly 10-foot giant with a sling and some stones? Yeah, that could happen. An almost indestructible wall fall down and we'd be able to conquer a city without having to do anything? Yeah, with our God, that can happen. A group of men who seemingly don't fit well together, incompatible, uneducated, turn the world upside down? Yeah, with our God, that can happen. And my friend, your circumstances may look dire. They may look terrible. Everybody else saying, well, that's the obvious conclusion. That's the only thing that could ever come out of this is this. Hey, my friend, when our God's involved, anything can happen. And we praise him for that today. Anything can happen. You see, he's right there. He's working out the story and the journey of Joseph in Egypt. He was there putting that ram in the thicket, making him stuck there for Abraham to sacrifice instead of Isaac. He was there guiding the stone between the eyes of Goliath. He was there holding back the waters as every person of the congregation made it over safely and dry. He was there knocking down the walls of Jericho as his people stood by and watched. He was there on the streets of Galilee and all the cities as his disciples began turning the world upside down with the simple message of the gospel, the good news. It has rightly been concluded, don't miss it, not only when our God is involved, anything can happen, but really what I would say, number two, (laughs) our God has a knack for altering the obvious and bypassing the inevitable. Our God has a knack for altering the obvious and bypassing the inevitable. My friend, you ought to write it down. If you're going through a especially difficult time right now or in the future when you face something, I would encourage you to write these truths on a note, post-it note. You stick it on your mirror, you stick it in your car, or for me, the place you frequent the most, the fridge. And you read it. And you read it often. And you put it before your eyes. You say, no, no, wait a second. This seems like the obvious conclusion of this. And this seems like the fairly obvious outcome of this. But no, wait a second. My God, when he's involved, anything can happen. And he has a knack for altering the obvious and bypassing the inevitable. That's our God. My friend, when you do that, when you read it multiple times each and every day, Don't stop with just reading it. My friend, you walk away with the determination not to jump to conclusions. 
in your heart and your mind. Don't jump to conclusions that's going to open the door to discouragement, despair, to defeat, to giving up, to throwing in the towel. Don't jump to conclusions about this situation like there's no out, there's no way I'm going to get through this. Isn't it good when you and I look back in life and there's a situation we thought, man, how in the world is this going to work out? How in the world am I going to escape this or get through it, get over it? And boy, now we can look back and say, ah, that's what God was doing. Oh, that's how God was going to get me through it. Oh, my friend. Would to God that you and I would never be discouraged because we jumped to conclusions. That we assume the worst, the wrong conclusions about how something's going to play out. Can I just encourage you tonight, don't let the thinking of others, especially those who don't know God, move you to jump to conclusions. Don't let the thinking of others, the outside voices, those things, don't let them cause you to jump to conclusions. My goodness, we say it so often, but do you believe it? Our good God is still on the throne. And if he is, when he's involved in anything, anything can happen. So don't forget it. When he's involved, and my friend, I'm grateful he's involved in our lives. He's involved in this world. Anything can happen. Don't give in to the thinking that, well, this is the way it's going to happen. Nothing's going to change that. If the stories of the Bible and the experiences of life have taught us anything, note it. It, uh, it is that we ought to always be open. In other words, we must stay open to any conclusion. And some things in our lives have driven us to our knees. They've stolen our appetite. They have caused that thing to be on our mind 24-7. And my friend, you know what? Fact is, even when it looks dire, when it looks the worst, when it looks the obvious conclusion, you know the Bible and God encourages you and I to do? Stay open to any conclusion. Stay open. Because our God, as we've stated, he has a knack for altering the obvious and bypassing the inevitable. Can I just encourage you? Yes, stay that way. Stay open to any conclusion. Don't let anything or anyone sway us from that openness. Whatever you are facing tonight, whatever you're going through, can I just remind you, the fat lady hasn't sung. It ain't over. And if it ain't over, it simply means this. If God's involved, anything can happen. And he has a knack. His knack of altering the obvious and bypassing the inevitable. So God just remind you, there are no human conclusions set in stone. I love reading he headlines, and I love thinking back months down the road how, how wrong these people were. I like reading the news sometimes and saying, oh boy, they're going to regret that. Not that I know the future, this is just what I do know. They don't know the future either. Only God does. And so I see predictions for 2021. I read an article just the other day. 2021 is going to be worse than 2020. <laughs> Boy, that's just encouraging. I want to give that guy a raise. <laughs> Subscribe to his paper. Hey, you know what? You know what my response is? I just laugh. Because human conclusions are not set in stone. Hey, when God's involved, anything can happen. Any conclusion is possible. God's plan isn't over. But when it is, the good news for you and I is God has already written the next chapter of our lives.
whether it be here on earth or in heaven. And for those who do not see earth, or excuse me, do not see death on earth, but live to see the rapture of the church, our singing fat lady is going to be the sound of the trumpet. Amen? And this earth and all the trials and everything herein will be over. And we'll be with Christ and our God forever. So can I just simply say this? Until then, it's not over. And as it's not over, would you just remember, when our God is involved, anything can happen. And our glorious God, boy, He has a knack for altering the obvious and bypassing the inevitable. My friend, be encouraged tonight. Not only be encouraged, but walk away and commit yourself to not jumping to conclusions. Don't let despair and disheartening, and oh, don't let sorrow set in. Boy, just come back to these truths. Let them encourage you day in and day out. Father, we thank you for your word. We are so very grateful for it. And Father, how encouraging it is to contemplate these stories of old of Scripture, to be reminded the verses we've read. And Lord, that you are here with us. You will not fail us. You will not forsake us, Father, that you are gone before us, that you will lead us in paths of righteousness. And Father, I'm just so thankful that when you're involved, anything can happen, uh, that any conclusion is still possible. And Father, I'm grateful that sometimes you, you alter the obvious and you bypass the inevitable. May we as your children be reminded of that. And all the, uh, the gloomy talk of this world and the predictions and, and everything that we as humans think we know. Father, may we be reminded that you alone are sovereign. You control all things. And we need to simply trust in you and look to you. And because we are your children, oh, Father, we have nothing to fear. We don't need to be dismayed. Father, I pray that that would be true of our hearts today. There's a Christian right now, this moment, going through a circumstance, and Father, they have, they have jumped to the conclusions that the, the worst is going to happen. Father, I just pray you'd encourage them through this message tonight. Lord, I don't know all that each person is facing, but I certainly know this. The devil wants us to jump to wrong conclusions. Help us not to do that. I pray even in this short invitation that you would speak to hearts. Whether those sitting in their home joining us through live streaming or those sitting here in these pews, I pray, Father, that we would uh, solidify and recommit ourselves to not jumping to conclusions. And, Father, may we remind ourselves often that with you, when you're involved, anything can happen. My Father, I'm grateful that you are a God that throws curveballs. Just when we as men think we have it all figured out, Father, I'm grateful that there are times that you work it out for our good and your glory. We praise you for it. Help us to embrace that even tonight. Father, be with our children, our teenagers, our young people. Help them to see these truths. Help them to grab hold of them and live a life of encouragement, not discouragement. Help them to see that this abundant life you have promised is one full of joy when we rest on these truths. Bless now as only you can. With heads bowed and eyes closed, 